your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast with more controversial decisions than VAR Sponsored by Baked Bean Pizza You can't choose between pizza and beans Have them both at once and live the dream (sighs) Beautiful, beautiful Oh Um, my god, that uh, The noise at the end was completely impromptu there I don't know why that happened Oh man, it it was brilliant (laughs) I don't know if you'd make that I think that's more of an after drink noise Than an after food noise But whatever It'll do. Um, we're here for, I believe, Games Episode 30, which is, you know, a landmark event in the in the Stick Around universe, because I believe it's only the second podcast to get to 30. That I think it's films and games, so hmm. pretty sweet. Um, I'm here today with David Peeling. Hello there. And James Flux. Ahoy hoy. Um, and they know stuff about games, which is good. Um <laughs> Alex Wayne is missing because he's, well, he's on a secret secret um, liaison, I suppose we could call it. Rendezvous. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, have we all had a good uh, Sunday now for the people listening? Because you, you'll be listening probably on Tuesday or Wednesday or who knows when. Um, have we all had a good weekend? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it's been bloody did, miserable. I mean, did you enjoy the that England game? Oh, that was good. That was good, wasn't it? I mean, I, I went and smashed up an Ikea afterwards. Um, That's every weekend for you, right, Clive? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I do hate the Swedes. So. Well, I, I, joined, I joined some of my friends on the, um, on the 13th anniversary of the 7-7 bombings by jumping up and down on an ambulance. I thought that was really, that was quite cool. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Well done. Flux, what did you do to, you know, to celebrate? Oh, I just, uh, I just essentially just went out and smashed the place up. You know, that's the uh, that, seem, that <laughs> no, seems to be the broad reaction. You won't reaction. Just, you didn't a taxi, you know, smash up an ambulance, whatever. Don't care. Did you jump through a bus shelter by any chance? Yeah, that sort of that thing. Was, yeah, that yeah. was all the rage. All right, I thought it looked like you. <laughs> I thought bloody flux is that it again? I knew it was a bad idea to send you to Russia. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this was the one weekend where I could actually smash up Ikea and, you know, sort of get away with it. Normally I'm just the lone guy on the CCTV, trashing uh, <laughs> the place, whereas now I could pretend to be English and wave a flag around, and it was more acceptable, apparently. So that was fun. Um, anyway, we're here to talk about games, as you might predict, as this is a games episode. And um, yeah, we've been playing a lot of games. It's been a while since we've had the last one. We've had E3, other stuff. Um, I've probably not been playing as much as usual although I've still been playing plenty flux you've been playing a lot yeah i have been playing a lot um i need to thank dave because i've picked up uh, assassin's creed origins on his expert oh, yes, recommendation yes, yes. and i've been absolutely loving it so uh yeah big thanks to dave for putting that on my uh, radar so i've been playing a lot of that dave have you been playing any more of that or yeah i've been pl- i've been playing a lot of the one that i'm going to be talking about oh cool <laughs> he's leaving us hanging yeah. excellent <laughs> Right, let's get cracking then. Flux, do you want to start us off with um, what you've got to review for us before we... We're going to do reviews first and then go into a bit of an E3 ramble slash review. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so Flux, do you want to kick us off with your review? Cool, yeah. Um, so my review uh, for this pod is Tabletop Racing World Tour. Uh, developed and published by PlayRise Digital um, and released... Um, in May 16 for the consoles Um, it's the console version of the app racing game tabletop racing Um, there's no story or anything like that to talk about as you might expect because it's a racing game Um, so I'll just jump straight in to talking about the gameplay Um, the gameplay plays sort of like a cross between like Mario Kart and Micro Machines I suppose would be the the two kind of obvious comparisons the races take place across as the name suggests a number of tabletop kind of tracks um set up based on different themes so there's one uh, on a yo sushi restaurant for some reason um one on like a kind of workbench garage scene one full of 80s toys that sort of thing and the standard race style features a number of kind of cars with weapons um, and you go on a kind of Mario Kart style race, try to shoot your weapons to 
take first place. Although there are a kind of number of other modes, um, the tournaments kind of structure these so that you have to do a number of different types of races. Um, so there's a kind of standard race mode where weapons aren't allowed. There's a time trial where you've got to do kind of the fastest, fastest possible lap you can get. Um, there's an elimination race, so the person in last place drops out once per lap so you've got to not be last per each lap and gradually make sure you're not last um at the end of each lap um until the last two effectively race out on the last lap there's a number of kind of other similar race styles um and then at the end of each tournament you do three battle races to decide your position in the uh in that tournament and and win the cup or not as the case may be um the controls are fairly intuitive exactly what you'd expect from pretty much any console based racing game with the r2 to accelerate l2 to brake steering with the analogs exactly like everything else classic yeah absolutely um and then as well as the weapons that you can pick up kind of mario kart style you can also have wheel weapons um, so certain wheels that you can put on your car do certain things so they might activate a shield or there's one that's like a kind of chariot spike so that you rip the tyres of the person uh, you're driving next to that sort of thing um, so you load them based on your car layout effectively before the race and then you can choose when to use them during the race some of them have a recharge time um, and some of them are sort of there all the time a lot of the weapons are kind of fairly similar to those that you have in Mario Kart, really. There's kind of homing missiles, straight missiles taking the place of Mario Kart shells. Um, there's a kind of mine slash bomb thing that you can drop. There's like a acid kind of spill that kind of is similar to the three bananas. And so the kind of you kind of already know how to use them and everything like that. There's there's not really much to explain with those. Um, the maps are well designed they put obstacles on the map so it could be things that someone's left on the table that you might crash into um, or it could be that there's like a slight moving bit of the track like on the Yosushi one they have the kind of conveyor belt weaving through the track and that moves but I mean really slowly it makes very very little difference as far as I can tell um, but yeah there's kind of various obstacles across the tabletops as it were this game I bought because I kind of wanted a fun multiplayer racer and obviously not having a Switch, I don't have access to Mario Kart um, and it was quite cheap in a sale and I thought, oh, that's brilliant and playing it, actually it's the maps are really well designed, the tracks are really good and it plays really well but it just doesn't seem as fun as Mario Kart and I don't, I can't really put my finger on why that is like I say, it plays really well, it's really well developed, it's really well designed, the tracks all work, the weapons all work really well, and everything comes together really well. It's just not quite as fun or chaotic as Mario Kart. I wonder if it's perhaps too polished as a game, that maybe the kind of more straight race element and things like that, they've had to put in elements that Mario Kart kind of didn't, such that it's it appears too polished and that stops it from being as chaotic and fun it's just something intangible about it that's not quite as fun but it's certainly a good game there's um, like i say there's nothing specific i can put my finger on it's just not quite as fun but the variety of race styles and things like that is good because that it stops you from just getting really good at using weapons basically um which is obviously mm. the flaw in the mario kart system if you've got a few lucky weapons draws you could make sure you finish the race first um, even if you're not that good whereas actually with this to win some of the championships and stuff you have to be good at racing as well um, you have to be good at I mean not perfect no, by no means kind of simulate a standard but you have to be reasonable at finding the right lines to make sure you don't fall off the track at the very least I'd say this game's a kind of solid 7 or 8 out of 10 and if you're a casual racing fan I'd, I'd definitely recommend it like I say it's not simulate a level detail it's not kind of a Forza or, or that that sort of it's very much kind of the lower end like Mario Kart and things where it's about the fun rather than the racing aspect um but like I say it's perhaps just maybe too polished so that there isn't those chaotic moments you seem to have when you play Mario Kart which is kind of the obvious comparison to it cool um I remember playing a friend going on about this and saying that he really liked it so was it this was on PS plus free at some point it was I yeah or? I think I think at first release it was on PS plus free and it's always in the sales ah, you can okay. always pick it up quite cheap if you didn't have it already like I say it's cool. it's, 
it's certainly good. It's just the obvious comparison is to Mario Kart, and it isn't to Mario Kart. But, I mean, I don't think you can necessarily hold it against every game that it isn't as good as the best possible game in that category. No, I mean, I think a lot of the thing, a lot of what Mario Kart has is personality, which I suppose is going to be hard to get on your first game because you've got all these characters that kind of have a lot of history (laughs) and, you know, are kind of quite ridiculous in themselves, which kind of adds a lot to it. So maybe that is part of what's lacking i don't know it's it's hard isn't it because it's mario kart is based on so many like really old kind of nostalgic things that maybe it's got that to it that you can't really recapture with a new thing but um i definitely want to check this out it sounds fun yeah i think that's probably true of mario kart as well you tend to have nostalgic memories of the first time you played a mario kart well, mm-hmm. mario kart 64 yeah true mario kart, whatever and the kind of chaos that that brings whereas you don't have that when you're playing this and you're not those kind of iconic characters and what have you so maybe that also makes a bit of a difference as well yeah definitely but i'll definitely it's like three or four quid this normally yeah like i say it's always it's always in the sales because effectively when it came out it was free so it's not like loads of people are buying it but like and like i say it's a it's a really solid very good kind of debut effort game um it's there's just something intangible about it where you i think it's just because it's so comparable to mario kart and it isn't that you kind of feel like, oh, this isn't just Mario Kart. But that, yeah. like I say, you can't really, that's not really a negative of the game. That It's it's just something that you feel when you're playing it. But it absolutely is, you know, very polished, very good. Everything works perfectly. And it is still slightly fun to freeze a load of cars into big ice cubes. That is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, sounds excellent. Um, cool, right. Well, um, I'll go into my review and then we'll go into Dave. So I'm going to review God of War. Um, on PS4, uh, quite a big game that came out in April. I've finished it probably three or four weeks ago now. It's been a while. Um, it was developed by SIE Santa Monica Studio, SIE being Sony Interactive Entertainment, and uh, produced by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It's the eighth instalment, apparently, in the God of War series, and confusingly, a sequel to God of War 3. How any of those three things make any sense, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I assume there's some sort of side offshoots that are on different things, or... And there's also, whatever, there's there's obviously another God of War that's different, but um, that's why it's one of those games where it has to be God of War brackets 2018, whenever you look it up. Um, it's kind of a reboot, but kind of not. I'm told it's still in the same, I've not played any of the God of War games, as you might be able to tell. Um, and it's I kind of it's in the same universe, and it does follow on as far as I know, and there are some callbacks to all older games. Obviously, I didn't pick up on those, but it's changed quite a lot from what I've heard. Like um, it's it was always a bit of a joke in the video game universe of how kind of one-dimensional a character Kratos was. Um, he just seemed to be just angry and smashing stuff up. Um, that's definitely changed this time round. I think that's the main thing that's changed. Gameplay-wise, it's basically an action-adventure RPG. I'd say it's mainly an action-adventure game, very much in the vein of something like Uncharted, with more RPG elements thrown in. Um, You play as Kratos, obviously, the god of war himself, and his um, son, uh, whose name I've just bloody forgotten, Atreus, Atreus, his son Atreus, who's um, with you pretty much the entire game. He Essentially, at the start of the game, you're... Um, the mother has died, Kratos' wife or girlfriend, or I don't know what the situation is there. But they <laughs> um, <laughs> don't want to judge. Trying to get the app. Yeah, I don't want to judge. Um, I think it's wife actually. I, I just think, think it's natural. Numerous, I think he says that numerous times. <laughs> but he, um, they're trying to get her ashes to the top of the highest peak in the realm. So that's kind of the where, where things start. Essentially, Kratos, gameplay-wise, he's got a big axe. He can throw this axe. He can hit things with it naturally. He can also punch things, and he um, builds up his rage by hitting and th- things with his axe. And it eventually, when it goes, you know, when the rage bar is full, you can initiate rage by I think it's by pressing both sticks in, and he, you know, just goes mental for about twenty seconds, smashing everything up, and uh, causes a lot of damage. He's a very angry man. Um, Atreus, the your the boy that is with you is very um, kind of uh, integral to the gameplay, really. He's like a, a support character, basically. He basically has a bow and arrow, but he also does some melee stuff. And you control, you kind of point at enemies and press square, and then the, he shoots at them. You don't have to be particularly accurate about where you're pointing, and he'll just shoot at the enemy, which um, 
opens some interesting gameplay wrinkles like you have to you know he's got the three bone arrow shots then it takes him a while to charge up so it's like okay when am i going to use these three bone arrow shots to stun an enemy and then know that he's going to be out of action for a little bit and um, and which adds a nice little uh, wrinkle into the gameplay of just having another character to on your team to focus on things especially when you're facing like a big group of enemies so i thought that was good the controls are they're pretty I don't know if you could have done it much better in terms of um, the amount of things that you do and the controls, but it did take me a while to get used to them. They did feel a little bit unwieldy. Once I did get used to them, it's very satisfying, particularly throwing the axe. Um, you know, it gets stuck in people's heads, then you can recall it, and it kind of the controller rumbles when the axe comes back to you, and that's a, a very satisfying thing. It does have. It is combo-based to some extent, but very little. Like, I bloody hate combos. There's, if there's one thing I hate in video games, it's combos. If, you know, if, there, if there's combos, I just can't be asked. basically. I just don't bother learning them. <laughs> I just bash. And there are combos in this, but very basic. It's like, you know, probably not more than three things in a row. And it's usually based more on, like, what's happening on screen rather than it's like, okay, once he's hit his axe like that, you press that, rather than you need to press square, circle, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's a little bit more of the combo thing that I can you know, deal with. But like I say, I didn't really learn any combos throughout the entire game and it wasn't, it didn't feel integral at all. But I think that's there if you want to be a little bit more advanced. But the it is, it's very satisfying hitting things. It's the main, I think the great thing about the game is that the combat is pretty satisfying. But the Kratos does still feel a bit, I mean, he is a big hunk of a man, so I suppose it would be unrealistic for him to be kind of duking all over the place and really agile. But he did feel a bit lumbering. And that took away a little bit from me. I like the characters to be a little bit more agile, I suppose. But like I say, that is naturally, I suppose, what he's like. So I guess that's <laughs> what they've gone for. It's um, so you've got these in terms of the RPG elements. You've got the you've got like an upgrade tree, so you can upgrade a bit, little bit like I think it's Tomb Raider has it. A very similar thing. I don't think Uncharted has it as such, but um, Tomb Raider has a thing where you get like new skills when you you get like you go to a campfire and you kind of up, you can upgrade certain skills. And this is very similar. Like once you've got a certain amount of XP, you can buy another move or things like that. It might be oh now you can jump from high up and you know stab someone in the head, stuff like that. <laughs> and then you unlock more and more of those as you go along. But you also can upgrade armor as well. Like you can buy armor. You can get your you kind of. Uh, blacksmith friends to build the armor and upgrade it and that's another element um, upgrading their armor and your, your axe as you go along so those are the kind of more RPG elements in there I found the upgrading um, the skills thing pretty interesting the armor I couldn't really be bothered with it I did it because it made my armor better but it it didn't you know it wasn't particularly exciting I didn't think <laughs> um, whereas learning a new move was kind of cool because it's like oh, okay I'm going to try that in battle and see see how that goes um, Story-wise, it's essentially a Norse mythology situation. I am like mythology is one of these things I'm not really interested in at all. So this this was the main reason why I didn't really wasn't particularly intrigued in the game to start with. But when everyone was like, you know, it was getting nine out of tens, ten out of tens. Some people were like, game of the generation. I'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I should probably check it out. But um, it's got this Norse mythology story in it, which I didn't really get engrossed in the world as such. I wasn't particularly bothered in all the like lore of you can you know pick up side things which give you extra information about certain monsters and stuff. And I wasn't engrossed enough in the world as I was, if, for example, in something like Last of Us, where I would seek that kind of stuff out to be able to, to really bother seeking that kind of stuff out. But I did think the central um, story arc of Atreus and... Kratos' relationship was really interesting and um, quite a realistic portrayal of a, you know, a father and son and lots of interesting things in the, in the fact that you know uh, Kratos is a god um, and the problems that that causes, I suppose. So I thought that, that was well done as it went through the story, but I didn't feel um, particularly immersed in the world. The other characters, I will say, were, were good too. There's at least two or three other characters that I thought were great, um, the main antagonist being one of them which is different to say something like Horizon, which I enjoyed more overall, but I did feel that the only really particularly good character with a lot of depth was the main one, um, Aloy, that you play as, whereas everyone else felt a little bit bland. This one definitely had more developed um, other characters. It's, like I say, it's an Uncharted-style game. It, is, it does have a slightly open-world element. I do feel like people who've said it's got open-world elements are exaggerating slightly. Um, because it's kind of like a hub world and then you go to these other worlds as offshoots and then but those worlds feel incredibly linear you feel um, you can't go anywhere you like at all like coming from a game like Horizon and especially Breath of the Wild <laughs> this is the complete opposite like you know there's a, a little wooden 
truck thing in the way that looks like, oh, Kratos would easily be able to get over that, but there's like an invisible wall and you just can't get over it. Um, things like that took me out of it a little bit. I know it's supposed to be a more linear game, but I also feel like it's pretending not to be. And so that bothered me more. Whereas in a game like Uncharted, it doesn't bother me as much because I know this is a linear game and it's not really pretending to be anything else. And I know that you know there's going to be a conveniently placed ledge for me to jump on. That's still the case here, but I feel like it's pretending to have a bit more freedom to it, and it doesn't really, in my opinion. So that's that was a little bit disappointing and definitely took me out of it a bit. But you know, overall, I think this is I think it's a great game. I think it does a lot of things really, really well. It's great fun to play. The combat itself, once you get the hang of it, is really, really fun and is kind of what gets you coming back. It's great to upgrade your character and gain more XP, and it's good to see where the story goes and how. The relationship develops between um, Atreus and Kratos. I thought that was all really interesting. The It looks really stunning. The environments look really good. Going from level to level is really cool. You know, you go to like Hell and stuff, Hellheim and stuff like that, and it's really interesting how those places have been, um, you know, brought onto the screen. And there's some really, really cool um, set pieces and monsters that you fight against. All that stuff is great, but I don't think it's, you know, the game of the generation, definitely not. Um, I don't Because I don't think it adds all that much new. I think it is basically Uncharted with an axe um, with a bit more upgrade tree and set in a North, w- <laughs> North world rather than um, where Uncharted is set. So I don't think it adds all that much new. It, it def- very much follows that Sony f- first um, party adventure game template naughty dog in sp- specifically you know last of us uncharted that kind of template and it didn't really surprise me at any point with anything it did on the gameplay front um i didn't get engrossed in the world like i say but i do think that's more personal preference related and i think i'd have enjoyed it a lot more if i was more into that or if this was based in a world that i was more uh, bothered about so i think that's more a personal opinion rather than the game itself being being bad in that respect i do think it builds the world well it's just it, i was never really particularly going to get into it um i don't there's there's lots of there's there's a lot of hyperbole about the game that i don't really agree with even though i do think it's but i basically i'd give this game an eight out of ten but i feel like i'm being overly negative but it's because most people think it's like bloody amazing and um, whereas i think it's you know a step below that but i definitely recommend people play it i think now you can get it a lot cheaper and i do think Probably most people probably will enjoy it more than me because I think I am on the lower echelons of people who I think most people do have some interest in mythology, whereas I just don't at all. Um, and I think if that's you, then you'll enjoy it a lot more. I also think you'll enjoy it a lot more if you played the previous God of War games because of probably how much um, Kratos' character has developed and stuff like that. So I think it's definitely worth playing. It's a great game. Um, just don't expect it to be a 10 out of 10 masterpiece because I don't think it's that. <laughs> Have any of you two played this or were keen to play it? I, um, I've i not played any of them. And then I did see some of these reviews about how great this one was, apparently. And I was very tempted to get it. But I'm glad that I've um, I listened to your review first. It, it's something that I would be interested to play, but it's not it's not right at the top of my list. Is there, yeah, there sure. are other things I feel like I need to get to first. I think, I mean, anyone who likes Last of Us Uncharted is probably going to at least like it. Yeah. And I do think... I do think a lot of people will love it who get... Because there's so much in the world that you could explore if you're interested in it, if you see mm. what I mean. So if you, I could see you getting like really deep into it if you got into it and really loving it and wanting to 100% it and find out all the stuff because I think the stuff there probably is interesting. <laughs> it's just... It doesn't really... I'm not particularly into it. Um, I thought it might pull me into that side of it, but it didn't. But like, like I say many times, it, I don't think that's the fault of the game as such. I think it would be a very impressive game that gets me into Norse mythology. Um, <laughs> but but everything else was really well done I just don't think it was particularly revolutionary and a lot of reviews have been kind of making out that it is it does a lot of neat new things but it yeah. doesn't yeah it, it didn't break the mould in any particular way that blew me away so yeah recommended but um, don't know it's going to be it's probably going to end up on my top five but it'll probably be in the lower end I expect <laughs> mm. I've always felt that um, combos as you mentioned earlier they're um, quite an outdated mechanic that I never really got my head around when they were kind of necessary when you didn't have um, mm. analog sticks and triggers and and 400 buttons on a pad but yeah they, I, I don't see the point of them anymore they, they do I do find them very frustrating <laughs> yeah I mean it's why I can't get into like Street Fighter it's just the, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I yeah. like the idea of like a really simple 1v1 fighting game but then I get into it I'm like it's not really simple I need to like do eight button combos and I just can't be asked to learn them yeah and it doesn't seem as <laughs> it doesn't seem as much fun if if you're just no. playing against a 
a, a you know a savant who's, who's learned eight button combos that doesn't seem to require <laughs> skill that's just that's learning by writ okay, anyone, anyone could do that I just I don't want to yeah exactly yeah definitely yeah. Oh, cool cool um, right Dave what have you got for us okay so um, I mentioned this at the end of the last games um, podcast I've been playing MLB the show 17 I've noticed every time I'm on the PS4, um, you pop up a bit on MLB The Show. <laughs> yes, I have been <laughs> so playing. I, was expecting this. I have been playing Excellent. quite a lot. Um, yeah, I got. Um, I've, I've been getting into baseball this year, as um, as an American sport that doesn't seem to quite revolve so much around kind of um, suppressing the opinions of black people or um, beating up wives, and just just you know, as a sport all about. Just your common or garden steroid taking, which is fine by me. Um, <laughs> this, I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, and um, MLB the show is um, this baseball video game developed by Sony San Diego, published by SIE, um, and it's the it's the officially licensed um, video game series of Major League Baseball. As I say, I've I've been playing the 2017. Uh, edition there is a 2018 but I wanted to get into this um, as much to try and learn some more about the game of baseball as I did to to want to play the game um, I've been a fan of American football for a while now and that was massively thanks to playing some quite stonking games of Madden um, in, in Clive's room at, in Halls <laughs> um, that, that definitely familiarised me with the sport um, so I was hoping to get the same out of this I've really enjoyed playing uh, MLB The Show it is a, it's a fairly um, you might say hardcore um, baseball simulator That's basically it, it's, it's going for uh, utter authenticity in, in everything that it does it's um, it's got a lot of uh, very complicated mechanics built into it. Not, not necessarily in terms of the controls that you, you, you have to use, but there's an awful lot of... Um, you can see it's doing an awful lot of very clever physics, uh, an awful lot of clever work behind the scenes to make this a game that looks and feels like watching a game of baseball. First off, um, to go to the graphics, the... The stadiums that uh, that you see all look absolutely incredible. They, there's really great detail and colours and depth um, and weather throughout the uh, throughout every stadium that I've I've been to. A kind of common theme amongst game amongst games of this sort. Um, the the crowds always look slightly odd. You can always see maybe too much of the crowd. There's always seven people repeated forty thousand times. Um, and yeah, this this does the same thing. But um, that, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against it. The players, the players' facial expressions and faces, they all look really, really well done. Um, the the players that I know look like the players that I know, um, and um, I, I, I can't fault any of that. The um, the actual game itself it has several different um, kind of modes. Uh, it has a classic single season. You pick a team and you play every game of a of a regular, and then if you're lucky enough, a post season. Mm-hmm. So that's what you've seen me playing, Clive. Um, <laughs> and an MLB season uh, is 162 games. Um, uh, how much is each how long does each game take uh, well i'll get to that in a moment Um, (laughs) yeah so an mlb season is 162 games if you and then the top team from each conference progresses to the postseason but if you're tied you have to play tiebreakers and then at the Mm. end of that 162 season plus any tiebreakers necessary you play a playoff to try and work out who's best because playing 162 games does not give you enough detailed information on that. Um, so, so I've been playing. I've been playing this season. I'm now uh, 32 and 32-31 with the Boston Red Sox. Each okay. game takes about um, anywhere between 35 and 45 minutes to play. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, however, you you can play a, you can play the games in lots of different formats. So 
it will take 35 to 45 minutes to play the whole game. You can change the broadcast style as you watch it. So you can play the game in 45 minutes as a full broadcast style. The commentators mm-hmm. do chats in between people walking up and down from the plate. All those types mm-hmm. of things. They, they give colour and background information. You can run a hybrid mode, which um, kind of... Uh, cut some of those features out and you can run a quick mode where you just see the plays as they happen and that gets you mm-hmm. down to about as i say about half an hour 35 minutes something like that and that's playing as right. the whole team and when a game of baseball in real life runs to about four hours i think that's a fairly good achievement mm-hmm. yeah you can however you can choose to play a game as an individual player and you only play those plays where uh, your player is on the field um, mm-hmm. So you you more often than not you'd probably pick a player that was also a defender. So you'd probably play every defensive play, and the game um, only chooses those ones where it is already predetermined that the shot will be coming towards your player. So you won't be playing okay. it as a person stood in a field watching balls going the opposite direction. That can run right, a game yeah. right down to five or six minutes. That's a very different way okay. of doing it. You can also <laughs> sim innings you can so you could start the game play a couple of innings you can sim the middle six or something like that and just play the end and you can also yeah. run what's called quick counts so um in baseball you have strikes and balls um and you can you can elect to start have each batter coming up with a kind of randomly determined numbers of strikes and balls already against them so you may okay. already go up on the second strike and then the inning won't last as long and that, that runs you down as well. So there's lots of different ways of doing it. That said, I've been playing the full games. Um, the, 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 other kind of, the other modes that are there, there's a road to the show, which is um, uh, a kind of, a kind of uh, franchise mode that, that I've seen on Madden and other various other sports games. You start a made-up player, maybe modelled on a real-life major leaguer and you start them down in the minors um or at college and you work them up work their way up through the ranks gain, gaining skills um and then there's also the diamond dynasty which is where you by playing through the game you you you, you rank up in xp at certain levels you get allocated baseball cards which have real players on that are in the game and you can build a team using those and then take that team online to play against other people I've not tried doing that I've no doubt I'd be severely embarrassed doing that <laughs> um, the the mechanics of, of hitting and pitching there are for both there are three different levels of complexity so I think I'm using basically the most straightforward one for both where pitching is basically um, you you press one of the one of the buttons um, on the right hand side of your controller to select the type of pitch and point using the left stick and press X to execute it. And uh, for hitting, um, you you um, you just need to time your your hits with the X button um, for a standard shot and X square for power and circle for contact. But there are it gets more complicated or if you will, maybe more realistic than that, you can uh, have a reticule. So you try and you try and aim the bat in the in the strike zone with with the reticule at one level. You can do the similar thing with the with um, with with pitching. So there's there's something there for everyone. I'm sure that people who've been playing this for a long time will tell you that the one that I'm using is far too simplistic. But I I, I found it to be really uh, really effective. It's I've been playing it quite a bit now and I'm not getting stupid, crazy um, video game numbers, if you will. It seems a very well-balanced thing. Um, I don't know if that's because there is the capability to get superstar video game numbers and I'm just incapable of doing it or if it's or if it's actually working really well. But my feeling is it's probably <laughs> working fairly well. The game, as I say, is the officially licensed uh, one of MLB, so all, all, all MLB teams and players and Stadia are here. Um as far as kind of negatives, um, there were apparently issues on launch with online gaming. I've not been playing any of that, so I can't go into what I've seen there as glitches. I've come across a few little glitches in the way that the thing works. You will occasionally 
I, I've, I have once in the time I've been playing found a pitcher where the where the ball wasn't actually coming out of their hands; it was coming out of the kind of out of space, six inches to the right of them. It was slightly odd, and the commentary, whilst it sounds at, at first, it sounds very um, it sounds very authentic and very well done. It becomes quite stilted quite quickly, particularly when you've got such a mammoth season to play. Um, every every team will have one or two lines that's bespoke to their team, and you'll probably hear that once or twice, maybe each game, and that that can be fairly irritating. Um, that hmm. said, um, I, th- I think this is an incredibly smooth and 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 well done game. If you're not a fan of baseball, you won't find you won't get instructions here. Um, that said, that's a fairly similar thing in in any video game. Uh, any sports game simulator you know you don't find there's no part of FIFA that will explain the offside rule to you before you go into a game Um, and I always wonder how much effort it would actually be to run a very simple one of the you know a very simple kind of tutorial mode that did just run you through the basic rules of any given game and how much including football um, and I wonder how many more fans might find themselves getting into things like this if they if they weren't you know because i i would i might recommend this game to more people if it weren't for the fact that you would have to have a, a you know a, a a half decent understanding of the way that baseball works beforehand at the very least you need to know strikes and and balls and outs um, to understand just what the hell just happened whilst you're playing the game, but as I say, that's something that goes on with Madden as well, and that's something that goes on with FIFA, and yeah. it will come with time, and you kind of pick up from the commentary what people are talking about. Um, so if you've got an interest in, if you've got half an interest in baseball, and you you enjoy these kind of um, sporting sims, I definitely recommend giving this a go. I've really enjoyed it i've got an awful lot of playtime out of it it's one of these things where it, once you're once you're into a game like this you can make it last as many hours as you want to it'll keep on going for as long as you you're you're interested by it and um and as, as clive has uh spotted in my vain attempts to stay out of the utterly intolerable heat that we've had this <laughs> last week and uh, listeners, I hope you appreciate that this is the first time I've had all my windows shut and the fan off for about three weeks now, and I am <laughs> just a puddle of utter mess. Um, <laughs> that I've been playing an awful lot of hours of this, and it has not got boring for me. And that, that's that's either credit to the game, or it says an awful lot about how uh, <clears throat> how small minded I am. Um, <laughs> I, I picked this up on the PSN for. I think fifteen pounds. I've just checked. That's what it is at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. So that's for seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that'll be what I paid for it then. Um, that's obviously not a not a small amount of money. But then this isn't a small indie game. This is a you know this is a big, well developed game that's got an awful lot of uh, awful lot of features and depth, um, and is the mechanics of it are really really well done. As I say, there's obviously licenses to pay and so on. If yeah, I definitely recommend going back to something like this rather than paying the fifty pounds. I've never, never got into that um, buying a new one of these types of iterative games each and every year they come out. I've, I've always thought mm. that to be a spectacular waste of money. But um, at, for seventeen pounds, I think this packs an awful lot. Um, yeah, so that's that's MLB the Show seventeen. Cool. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to get into baseball, so it seems like a way. Like you were saying about the tutorials, I reckon just like a five-minute video would be good. Mm. It doesn't even need to be just like the basic rules. Here you go. I think there was a game that did... Uh, it, was, it was a baseball game. I can't remember what it was that I played on PS4 that did it. It was like a cartoony one. Yeah. But it had like a quick tutorial video explaining the rules. Because I think, yeah, if there is, there's loads of sports out there. Yeah, sure, in England everyone understands football, but I bet there'd be loads of people in other countries who maybe don't have uh, football or soccer as the main game where they'd be like, oh, I'd, be, I'd quite like to give it a go, but I don't really understand what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and watching it in real life, they won't, you know, the detail of it will never be gone into. You'll have to just watch a lot of hours to pick it up. Yeah, um, exactly. Whereas you could, go, you could go through the basics quite easily in yeah. like five minutes. And it you. seems like once you've done it once, that... 
once you've got someone that's explained it all once, you could keep that audio every single year. Yes, all right, you might want to yeah, change yeah, it graphically or whatever so it fits in with the new graphics. But oh, again, yeah, you, you, you even that's not going to be that, diffi- yeah. that, that difficult. You're just running the, like you say, you're just running the better quality graphics over the original recording. It just yeah. Yeah. seems it so odd see- that these annual games haven't thought, right, let's spend a, a really small amount of time that we can then use year and year on year on year on year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be like on the main menu or anything. Just bung it somewhere in the <laughs> in the settings, wherever. But it doesn't need to take. Yeah, but it just it'd be good to be there for someone, so they don't have to go on YouTube and search for something outside of the game to do it for them. Yeah, um, and of course there are tutorials in the game, but the tutorials in the game require an awful lot of understanding. Certainly more than yeah. I, certainly more than I had. You know, the, the hitting tutorial will teach you all about how to try and generate eight pitch at bats and um and why but no no absolutely not gone into why something like that might be a good thing in a baseball game mm. or, or what that means or but um yeah yeah that's that said that's that's not a problem with this game in particular that's that's endemic of of all these iterative sports yeah, games um or anything based on real sport anywhere yeah I do think sports games are awesome because of that. Because I mean, one thing that's really good about games is that you put them on and you just get this completely new experience, don't you? Yeah. Um, with whatever it is, and you get immersed in it. And I think the good thing about the sports games is that you can just get immersed in a game that you probably maybe know very little about, and you just want to get into it. I think it is a really good way to just be like, okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I already want to get into the NHL. I'm gonna buy NHL 18 when it's in the sale, and I'm gonna yeah play a bit and get into it. And yeah, yeah. I think its its objective has definitely been met. I've definitely been I've definitely been into baseball much more this season. Um, I've definitely cool. understood it, and I'm uh, they're, they're they're bringing baseball to London next year, and I'll be at the front of the queue for tickets for that. In part, thanks to this game. Sweet, awesome news. Um, right, okay, we're running um, towards the hour mark, so we'll go into our E three rundown highlights or whatever. Um, so Flux, I believe you watched the Xbox presentation. I also, I've seen the Xbox and the Nintendo one. I haven't seen the PlayStation one. I don't think either of us have. I've seen bits of it, but yeah, yeah, so we not, might both uh, yeah, have I've comments about this. Not seen the uh, PlayStation one either. But do you want to run us through your uh, highlights and, and maybe some lowlights of <laughs> of the Xbox conference? Look. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the Xbox, a lot of it was effectively focused on games as you might expect but a lot of them seem to be third party or at least multi-console games mm. um but um probably the big kind of xbox centric news was their buyout of about five different studios um <laughs> this year they've really made a push i wonder effectively whether that's to try and monopolize some of their talent and things to make more exclusive in the future I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but they bought the initiative or set up the initiative. Maybe they're called the initiative. That's it's unhelpful in talking about them in that way because that's like, oh, what's the initiative? No, that is the name of the studio that they've kind of bought, um, which has nothing under its belt as yet that people will know it from. But they've said that it's a lot of veteran talent and all this sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, watch this space for their achievements. They bought Playground Games, probably best known for Forza, which is a perennial Xbox title anyway. So it's I think that's very much just bringing their talent in house rather than outsourcing it. Mm-hmm. Not nothing too special. Uh, they bought Ninja Theory, probably best known for Hellblade. Yeah, you know they've they've bought them. There's not not really much to say. They said they're going to be having them work on other titles as well as a sequel to Hellblade. So. Uh, they bought Undead Labs, probably best known for State of Decay and its sequel. Again, what they've purchased them for and what they'll be working on, they didn't announce. Um, and they've also done a letter of intent to buy Compulsion Games, um, the developers of the uh, recent or soon-to-be-released We Happy Few that's been on Xbox for in the development um, beta testing mm-hmm. for stage for a while and I think there was some close links there so that's probably why they've brought those in-house um, in terms of the games announced uh, Fallout 76 was the uh, was the first, first to be announced which looked incredible, it looked really really good and I was like oh god that looked amazing, when they said it was four times bigger than Fallout 4 I was like gee how um, 
<laughs> Frankly. I, I preferred it when things used to say how many times bigger than Skyrim they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every, everything used to say it. We are 17 times bigger than Skyrim. <laughs> like, this means nothing to yeah, me. Yeah, so is your mum. But yeah, so that, that looked really, really good and I was really excited for it. And then subsequently I've read more about it and realised that it's only going to be kind of MMORPG style that there are going to be other players wandering the universe that can kill yeah. you. Yeah. It's really... Well, screw that. Not, I don't want other people in my game. I'm seriously concerned about that. I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, the idea... I mean, because there are some... But there are some fundamental parts of the way that Fallout has always worked, in particular the... Um, oh, the aiming system, whose name I've just forgotten. Oh, yes. Vax. 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 Yeah. Which, of course pauses the gate or r- runs it in very yeah. slow mo and that's that's gonna have to that's that's they've already said they're gonna kind of have to rework that because obviously that won't work if everyone else is, is in the game they can run it slow yeah. when everyone else slow mo whilst you <laughs> fanny about shooting a rad roach um <laughs> and that you have to work together with other people to unlock the nuclear missiles in the game working with other people that's that's never gonna work online. That's never worked ever anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna it's like a destiny situation, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it works there, but it's not necessarily what I want. But again, with destiny, there's not players trying to kill you. I the thing I yeah, feel I can compare it most to is maybe the division's dark zone, where people can work together or they can turn on each other, and you get differing mm. benefits depending how you like to work and stuff. But I'm not sure I want to play Fallout like that. No, absolutely. My my one my one thought is that um, maybe the type of person who has played Fallout might not be the type of person who would go around just sniping everyone and never being collaborative. But who knows? Um, so yeah, so that there was that uh, a few others. But the thing Metro Exodus, I was actually quite surprised by because I tried the first Metro game and I really didn't get into it and. I picked it. I picked it up cheap, if I remember rightly. I played the first few levels and was like, "Oh, I'm not getting into this," and I didn't return to it. And then when they were showing that, I was like, "Wow, this looks like what? I mean, not quite as good, but this looks very Fallout esque." And it could almost. Mm-hmm. I can see that maybe perhaps some people like me and Dave who are, would play Fallout and would really enjoy it, who are worried about the kind of multiplayer aspect, might might turn to might turn to Metro. They also announced uh, a new Halo. It, you know, it's going to be the biggest and best Master Chief adventure there's been, as they say every single time there's a new Halo. Um, <laughs> Infinite! It is called yeah. Halo Infinite, yeah. Um, probably the biggest one for me of all the kind of released announces and things like that, the one that I was like, that I was most excited for. Well, Fallout was the one I was most excited for, and then that excitement has subsequently diminished somewhat. But The Division 2. They showcased some of the Division 2, and it looked incredible. Um, it looked so, so good. And so a change of style from the first one, which obviously set kind of Thanksgiving time, and it's in snowy New York. This is set in Washington, it looks like, in the summer, or at least when there's vegetation growth and things like that. Mm. And visually, it looked incredible. Um, so I'm, I am looking forward to that. Um, I've been playing a lot of the Division recently, the first one. I've heard the first one's got a lot more features and stuff now, and is yeah, um, a lot better than it was to start with. Yeah, I've, when you hit, it's odd. It seems odd in that when you hit level thirty, a lot of the game seems to open up, and there seems to be a lot more different things. With thirties, like the kind of soft cap, and then so the maximum level, but then it's all about what gear you have and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. And there, there seems to be so much more after you complete the story and kind of hit level thirty than there ever was before which is really odd as a concept like oh now you've completed the story you can have all this other cool stuff in the game well surely surely the story is going to be the focus of the game anyway um but yeah i've been playing a lot of the division recently i'm absolutely loving it and then when i saw this i was like wow that looks amazing so i am quite quite excited for that and we happy few also looked really cool i was excited for the first time i saw that and that it was on the um it was on the game development for Xbox. I thought about getting it, and I didn't because I wanted to wait because they said it was going to be procedural generated and stuff, and I thought there were going to be some bugs to iron out. Um, and when they showed it, it looks cool and creepy and twisted and fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm also quite excited for that. That releases finally at some point this year, I think. Um, what do you think of um, Forza 4? 
airflux. I don't know if you're much of a Forza man anyway, but it's driving around England. Yeah, you know. it, uh, yeah. I meant to mention that. I even wrote really that down brought on my home notes. Myself and, then, and then, yeah, and then failed failed to bring it up. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not a big Forza guy. It's Forza Horizon, which I think is more the open world one rather than the track yeah, one. Yeah. They alternate them year on year. So I think Horizon right. Three is in Australia. I think. Um, but yeah, it, you know, Forza is not my thing, so I'm not. But you love England, right? Um, but and the the seasons thing was kind of interesting because it's like, oh, this is going to be the big new dynamics, going to be all about the seasons and different stuff. And then you're like, yeah, but England doesn't have seasons. It's horrible all year round. And then, <laughs> and then there's a sudden heat wave and everything breaks. <laughs> and that and you can't translate that into a seasonal game. Falls on the horizon. Your car just stops working. It's too hot. <laughs> um, I mean. It looked bloody roadworks yeah, everywhere. It looked really good. The, the features, what they were saying, different areas are accessible at different times of the season because water freezes over and stuff. You know, I, mm. I imagine if I was into Forza, that would be really cool. Um, but I'm not particularly, so it was just like, oh yeah, that looks really good. Um, I hope that the um, you know the congestion zone zone you have to actually pay five pounds. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Be a fan of that. Um, yeah, it looked it looked really pretty and stuff, and I was like, yeah, driving around England sounds fun. I'm not particularly into racing games, so I don't know how much I'd actually like it, but I thought it was a really good trailer. Um, it did kind of hook you in, even if you're not really particularly into racing games. So that was one of the things that stood out for me. Anyway, the, the weird the th- weird thing that stood out for me, and I'm I'm sure it's not that odd. I'm sure it works seamlessly or what have you. But when they were introducing, they seemed to be introducing introducing people, and they were driving around really different areas. So one was like countryside, one was in the middle of Edinburgh, one was, uh, you know, by the seaside or whatever. And then they all seemed to be able to drive to each other in about thirty seconds. Now I don't know if that was specifically for the demo, or if they just <laughs> just made England absolutely tiny so I mean, that anyone can drive anywhere in about thirty seconds. That seems like it's going to be a problem. Um, so I assume it's. I assume it maybe like has kind of certain areas mapped out, and then you can drive. Through maybe there's a way you can like or whatever teleport a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that seemed yeah. really odd. It was like so and so is by the coast, and now they're joining such and so. What? Hang on, they were by the coast like ten seconds ago. How did they get here so fast? But yeah, I agree. It was a it was a good trailer. It looked really cool. But because it's a game that I'm not particularly interested in, I was like, I'm like, oh yeah, that looks cool, and then moved on. Cuphead DLC. I remember that. I think that stuck out to me, even though I've not played Cuphead still. But I will do it. Yes, point. yeah. There's Cuphead DLC, which I'll almost certainly get because you know, see my top five games of last year. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, but again, not. I don't think a huge surprise. It was no. extraordinarily successful. They're not in a they they obviously wanted to capitalise once it was extraordinarily successful, but can't create another game in the very small space of time since Cuphead mm. was released. Sure. So, but yeah, it looked good nonetheless. What do you reckon overall? Then were you pretty happy with it? Or? Yeah, I mean, there was like I say, there was nothing particularly groundbreaking in terms of you know, like I say, a lot of it seems to be third party games. The thing I am sort of intrigued by is the big announcement of them purchasing a load of studios. I'm interested hmm. to see. What Seems that to be goes. like playing the playing the long game. Yeah, and, and and that's. I am interested to see that. I wonder if that's a kind of look. You know, PlayStation beat us with the PlayStation Four. That's had much more sales than the Xbox One. Nintendo's kind of hmm. its own deal. Will PlayStation are kind of the competitor, if you like. Um, and the reason they've let's let's kind of play the long game on this. Run the loss via Xbox One versus PlayStation Four, and when whatever the new xbox console is will own a lot more studios and have a lot more exclusive content ready and i wonder if like i say that that the initiative and a few of the others are going to create new exclusive ips tease them towards the end of the life of the xbox one so that the sequels are big announcements for the next console in line as this is why you want to get an Xbox because we've got this and this and this mm. and this and they look awesome. So, so yeah, I'm cool. kind of intrigued. I think it's a good business development to bring those studios in house and maybe have them working on some exclusives. Um, it seems a really good idea. Yeah, well, they, they need more exclusives, don't they? I think that's the one thing they've been been lacking. So yeah, it seems a really good idea, but it also, unfortunately, by the nature of how long brilliant games take to make, isn't going to pay off probably for another five years or so. Four or five years. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, cool, right, well, I'll just whiz through. We're, we're pretty much on the air mark now, so I'll whiz through the Nintendo one quickly. Um, it wasn't particularly long, 45 minutes. Don't muck about. Um, started off with a game called Demon X Machina, which is some crazy mech-ass game with a me- metal soundtrack uh, coming in 2019, which... Interesting way to start the presentation because Nintendo had said, we're only showing games coming out in 2018. Uh, immediately, bam. <laughs> First game, 2019. It's like, you're full of, you're full of rubbish, Nintendo. Um, then next game was Xenoblade Chronicles 2, some DLC for that. Now, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is you know well-reviewed and lo- I know a lot of people who love it, but it's 80 hours long. It's a JRPG, um, so I haven't really played it just because I'm put off by how long it is. But... I do hopefully want to get around to picking it up at some point, and I'm sure people who finished the first one will be um, pretty excited about the fact there's some DLC coming. Then we had Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee, which is the Pokemon game coming to Nintendo Switch, which is going to be a kind of Pokemon Light, I guess, slightly Pokemon Go-esque, um, but with still battling and stuff, but not as um, intensive as the standard Pokemon games by the looks of it. Um, a lot of whinging about this by Pokemon diehards but there is a proper you know quote proper Pokemon game coming next year so they're being caked to force I'm not too sure what they're whinging about um, I think this is just a way to get people in a bit more and um, might be quite a fun I don't know I'm, I'll see what happens it's one I'm definitely going to wait for reviews I'm not like super excited because I feel like it's probably going to be a bit too basic for what I'm after but I might actually there are certain parts of Pokemon that I would like simplified so if it just does that then this might actually be preferable for me to the mainline ones we'll see there's certain elements in the mainline ones that I just find time consuming and boring but if that gets streamlined I'd really like it so we'll see it's essentially a remake of um, Pokemon Yellow so that could be interesting. Next up, Super Mario Party. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves Super Mario Party, except when they put everyone in one truck, But which was the last one. So, yeah, excited for that, especially as it seems to be using some pretty interesting games using both, like, two screens. So if two people have a Switch, like, uh, the games go across the screens and they're some very kind of... If you watch the trailer, I can't really explain it, but it's got this... Yeah, seemed like it used that really effectively, so that might be interesting. Be interesting to see, hopefully, there's not too much of it rests on that and that you can still have a there's still plenty of fun games just with the one switch but it's certainly not um an implausible situation <laughs> scenario that there are two switches knocking around because a lot of people have them and it's very easy to bring one with you and mm. um, uh, fire emblem three houses was the next one fire emblem i loved fire emblem awakening but it's weird it's like one of those games i loved but i don't feel like i need to play any more of them <laughs> So, not that excited uh, by another one. Just, yeah, I, I really did love it, but I'm just like, it's not one. I know it's going to be kind of more of the same, and I probably, maybe I need like another a year or two before I'm going to be really excited about it. But and it is spring 2019, so maybe by then I will be. Um, next up was Fortnite, which was free today, um, as of about two months ago when E3 was. So, <laughs> exciting. I got that straight away, I've been playing loads of Fortnite. I'll mention a little bit after this on Switch, whereas on PS4 I'd played about three games, so it's got me into that a little bit. Then there was a, a sort of indie game showreel, Overcooked 2, which I'm excited about because I loved Overcooked 1, although I still haven't finished it. Overcooked 1 is one of the best and most infuriating sort of four-player co-op <laughs> experiences you can ever play. It's like four people trying to cook in a kitchen. I played it for the first time recently, and it's I was brilliant. like, oh, this is going to be <laughs> awful, and it was incredible. I was like, this it's is It's like brilliant. everyone just everyone... screaming at each other. Yeah. It's just it's, it's just a load of people shouting, cut the tomato, cut the tomato. Just like, what? <laughs> right, cut. why have you dropped the tomato? You... <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Like, I wish when we played it over Christmas I'd filmed it because oh, it was just so hilarious. <laughs> um, and like, just my family screaming at each other, brilliant. But it's like so simple. It needs like, you move the button, there's, you know, two buttons basically and moving around and that's all there is to it. So like anyone can pick it up and play. Um, even parts, members of the family who don't normally play games. It's just perfect, brilliant. And you have to really have a strategy. And then if one person lets down that strategy, then the whole kitchen kind of goes to pot. <laughs> and things start setting on fire and, oh, damn good. So excited for Overcooked 2, although, like I said, I haven't finished the first one yet. Um, Killer Queen Black. Now, um, I'm excited about this because it's apparently a really, um, in arcades, it's a massive hit. It's kind of a four play, 4v4 player type game, which sounds like um, a good, you know, Sounds like it'll be at home on the Switch where obviously you're not probably going to have eight players in the room, but you could have four and then play against another four people online. And it seems like a kind of retro style. I'm not really sure what the vibe is, but I'm excited by it. It seems like a simple 2D retro game that, you know, has 
quite a lot of depth to it. Hollow Knight next, one I need to play that's been out for a while and is apparently really good, like a Metroidvania came out. Uh, again, it was a kind of get-it-today situation, so that's now available. Octopath Traveler, meh, whatever. It's a, like a, it's another <laughs> JRPG. It looks good if you're into that thing. I'm not that into it. Dragon Ball Fighters with a Z, I'm quite excited about. It's a fighting game, like Street Fighter, but hopefully less combo-based, otherwise my dreams will be shattered. But... Following this up um, came the ultimate fighting game of all time. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was announced, um, which is coming out in December. And it then went on to just... It was... <laughs> that Basically, they had a 45-minute presentation. About half an hour of it was spent on Smash Bros., which for me was fantastic. But for uh, someone who's not into Smash Bros., probably not so good. Uh, but anyway, I was having a ball. Um, basically, they went on every character in any Smash game ever is going to be in this one. So I think the roster currently stands at 65, which is insane. And um, so I'm pretty excited about that. So people like Solid Snake back in, who haven't been in, Pichu, some other people who aren't quite as exciting. But so that's really good. It's going to be that. That was basically the main event. I mean, it looks like there's loads of stages. It looks, but more or less like it's the Wii U version with a few changes, uh, certainly a few graphical changes, and um, all the characters back in. And hopefully, there's going to be a load of new characters announced. They also announced Ridley, the bad guy from um, the Metroid series, who's been who fans have been calling for for you know about ten years. So a lot of people were really excited about that. I wasn't one of those fans calling for him, so I, <laughs> I was less excited. I was more excited by the fact they announced Daisy, to be honest. So, But, yeah, just super exciting. It looks really, really good. The Inklings are going to be in it from Splatoon. It just looked, you know, Sakurai is probably the hardest working man in video games. He basically works himself to death and then insists this is his last game every time he makes a game, but um, seems to continue to make another one. He said again this is going to be his last game. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited by Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's Super Smash Brothers is probably my favourite multiplayer. Well, it's almost definitely my favourite multiplayer franchise, and it's up there with my favourite franchises of you know 3D Mario and 3D Zelda. And um, so I'm super excited about. Looks like it's going to be basically doing everything I wanted. I was really hoping they weren't going to kind of build it again from the ground up and then have loads of the characters missing, and that's exactly what they've done. Super Smash Bros. is a type of game where you don't want to, you know, reinvent the wheel. It's the, the core mechanics are really good and add a few couple of wrinkles on top. A bit like Mario Kart, you know, you don't want to change the game completely. Add a couple of new things and meet uh, more characters, and that's awesome. So I'm super excited by this. December the 7th is too long away, but, yeah super excited so overall i ended it really positively thanks to super smash brothers even but i don't think the conference was particularly good overall however i think you're a bit of a fool if you go into a nintendo conference expecting all your dreams to come true because they're the one company that has nintendo directs throughout the year so they kind of spread things out a bit more so and to be honest i don't think they care that much about e3 <laughs> so I think what they should have done is just said they're doing a Super Smash Brothers Direct and then just had Super Smash Brothers stuff and then people would have been less whingy. But, yeah, so I'm excited. Looks good. It's going to hopefully... There hasn't been that much on Switch this year that's blown me away, so hopefully this will be the one, one to do it. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping to get a load more people into Smash Brothers as well because I'll be able to take it around places nice and easily. I don't have to lug my Wii U out to play Smash Brothers, <laughs> which is all the better. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, I believe that's um, on the Fortnite note. I've been playing quite a lot of. It's perfect for Fortnite Switch because you can just turn it on and off within like you know a minute um, or even less, and then get logged in straight into a game. Been quite quite a lot. I'm still terrible, but it is a fun game, and I can see why it's so popular. So having having a lot of fun with it, and it runs well on Switch. The graphics are downgraded a bit on handheld, not particularly noticeable. A bit more noticeable on the big screen. Downgraded from PS4 a little bit, but. It still runs fine. It's 30 frames per second instead of 60, but it's you know there's no real lag issues or stuff, and it you know it plays really well, very playable. And um, PlayStation annoyingly made it so that you can't transfer your account across, so you have to make a new account. So I did that, and I, bu I even bought a Battle Pass, but I bought it on the Switch, whereas I would have bought it on the PlayStation had they let me bloody cross it across. So. Suck on that, Yoshida. <laughs> you, know, you could have had you could have had my eight pounds. What are you doing now? Probably on the street, thanks to your stupid decisions. So yeah, hopefully they sort that out because it's quite stupid. Um, I can see why they don't want cross-play, but they should just let us at least take the account or at least choose to not ha have the account on PlayStation and move it to another. 
Because I imagine it's quite annoying if you've got a PS4 account and you spent loads of money on it and you now basically don't really want to play the Switch version because you can't use all the stuff that you've got, <laughs> uh, which yeah. seems a bit ridiculous. Whereas every other platform holder is letting you do that. So deal with it, PlayStation. Sort it out, basically. But um, yeah, so super excited. It's going to be a good year, I think. And super excited for Smash Brothers. Glad it's coming out before Christmas because that's probably where I'm going to play most of it. But I do feel like Nintendo needs a couple more announcements this year to pad out the lineup a little bit. Still not looking too bombastic. Unless this, po- I do think Pokemon and Smash are going to make it sell bucket loads, but <laughs> we'll see. So yeah, does anyone else, there, anyone have anything else to say before we go? No, not particularly. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, I've been playing. Right. I've been playing um, Fallout Shelter on the PS4. That's been out for a month oh, or cool. so now. Um, it's worked really well. I, I did a review of it. It might have been two years ago now, when it was when it was on iOS originally, and they've added a lot of new features since then. Different attacks, the ability to send oh, cool. people out on quests and not just into the wasteland, so you can go and search other vaults and shops um in kind of a side scroller format very familiar with to the game but also very reminiscent of the kind of the kind of activities you get up to full versions of fallout and i'm actually surprised at how well it has worked on the playstation um you can just drop in and out of it it's a nice little um you've just got a minute or two you can just check in on how your vault's doing it's um yeah quite enjoyed it that's um free to download Cool. I think that's come out on Switch as well. So I might yeah, I think a, it came out on blast. the big three um, in the last kind of couple of months. Sweet. Um, well, I believe it's plug time. So you can follow us on at StickAroundCast on Twitter, all the news about what's going on on the podcast, on the YouTube channel, all that jazz. Instagram, StickAroundPodcast, slash StickAround on something. What is it that we're slash StickAround on? Oh, whatever. Um, StickAroundPodcast <laughs> at gmail.com Just try if you want to email us. You can also go StickAroundPodcast.com slash contact for a form where you can fill in um, ask us questions or read them out on the show and answer them you can go to stickaroundpodcast.com for articles i've just finished my ghibli thing i've watched through every giggly giggly ghibli film (laughs) and ranked them from one to 20 because i really like ranking things so there's that there it's in seven parts i think so they're all there have a read if you go to youtube search for we still haven't got a url we need 100 subscribers so subscribe people then i can get a url that isn't ridiculous and i can read it out but yeah, you can find us on YouTube anyway. I imagine you probably can't search for Stick Around yet. We're probably not big enough, but search for, you know, the Wonder Years, uh, Sister Cities, Stick Around, and it'll come up. That's one of my reviews, and then you can get to the channel from there. I've done about four so far. I'm hoping to really up the ante with that and do a couple of reviews a week and see how things go. So having a lot of fun with it. And what else have we got? feel like it's yeah, some glaring some glaring things missing but maybe not i'll go on itunes give us five star reviews because yeah. that really helps every time someone does that our numbers go up a lot so not sure how that works but it does <laughs> so please give us five star reviews and that's it i think is there anything i've missed guys not that i can think of that's no, not nothing important anyway you know okay that's good <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time for <clears throat> I believe it's going to be TV shows or music depending on what we can what we can organise so Excellent. big thanks to uh, Dave for coming along no problem thanks for having me no problem and um, big thanks for Flux for coming along always a pleasure mate always a pleasure sounded sexy on that new microphone there Flux thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean suggest that I haven't sounded sexy for any of the other episodes which I resent well yeah, we'll, move said sexy we'll move on we'll move on awkward poor poor choice of words god damn kill the podcast Um, (laughs) thanks for everyone for coming along to listen bye remember to stick stick around around. stick around (laughs) that was rough (laughs) (laughs) keep that coughing I've ran ran out of fluids to drink thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around